gives the historical context of Clare's form of life. This is followed by topics 8 through 11, which provide a reading and commentary on this form of life. The twelfth topic is a reading and commentary on Clare's fourth and final letter to Agnes of Prague. Although Clare of Assisi is a well-known as a sort of feminine sidekick of the great St. Francis of Assisi, she is not often recognized as a leader in her own right. Even in the writings of Franciscan historians, Clare was more often than not seen as a footnote to the seemingly more important Francis and his followers. If one examines Iriarte's great book, Franciscan History, the Three Orders of St. Francis of Assisi, for example, one will find that 437 pages are dedicated to the history of the friars, while the entire history of the clares is recounted in a mere 32 pages. That's right, 437 pages to 32 pages. Within these 32 pages, Clare's life and work covers a mere six pages. Franciscan friar Cajetan Esser's famous book, Origins of the Franciscan Order, mentions Clare only as a footnote. In John Mormon's opus, A History of the Franciscan Order, from its origins to the year 1517, a mere 30 out of 585 pages are dedicated to the entire history of the poor Clares until 1517. So the ratio of pages in Iriarte is 437 to 32, while in Mormon the ratio is 585 to 30. More recently, Debonet's work, From Intuition to Institution, the Franciscans, develops its thesis regarding the friar's institutionalization with seemingly little awareness of the critical effect that this institutionalization had on the early Franciscan sisters. From these seminal examples, it is perhaps easier to understand Clare's history and literature, why it is so little known. While modern histories have downplayed the role of early Franciscan women, the earliest Franciscans had a very different experience concerning the role of women within the context of the early Franciscan movement. In the earliest days, the brothers went out to preach, to work, and, when work did not provide the needed resources, to beg. For their part, the sisters provided the brothers with a place to stay when they were sick, exhausted from their journeys, or needed spiritual encouragement. While the sisters needed the strength of the brothers for carpentry work and other heavy labor in their monastery, as well as for begging services for their needs and pastoral care, the brothers relied on the sisters for health care, lodging, and spiritual guidance. The early Franciscan vision was a vision of mutuality, with women and men relying on each other for various services. The brothers were not in charge of the sisters, but both brothers and sisters were needed to mirror the gospel image of Jesus and his disciples who were fed and cared for in their needs by pious women. If the contribution of the sisters has not been recognized, it is certainly not because historians lack needed data. There are hundreds of papal letters that are addressed to early monasteries of women, more or less associated with Clare San Damiano Monastery. 
From these, it is possible to observe the religious trends and canonical rubrics of the time. In addition, we also have the four letters that Claire wrote to Agnes of Prague between 1234 to 1253, and Claire's form of life that she wrote for her sisters. We also have the precious resource of Claire's process of canonization that gives historians a witness to Claire's life that was gathered under oath in a formal canonical process. The historical data for Claire and her sisters, one could argue, is in many aspects more complete for Claire than it is for Francis, whose history is complicated by layers of hagiography cluttered by the multifaceted political issues of the early order. In fact, the sisters of various monasteries who were connected with the Franciscans have overwhelmingly more papal documents...